interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kearns, your host. Glad to have you uh, on uh, 1400 this morning with me. Uh, winter is here. Christmas is around the corner. Uh, boy, oh boy, at FoodNet, we're getting more cars every week. Uh, there are a lot of needs out there. Keep your eyes open. There's somebody around you who probably needs some help. And, uh, and if they happen to need food, uh, there is a FoodNet site, uh, two of them for every day of the week uh, here in good old Lincoln, Nebraska. Free food. How about that? Uh, FoodNetLincoln.org. And you can uh, check that out and you can let people know about that. And uh, if you feel like helping, come help us on a Saturday morning in our parking lot. And we will take all help. Uh, it is a, it's really fun to have uh, someone in the studio uh, today who I've gotten to know through the years a little bit and who also we have some joint history together, both uh, from Lincoln and from St. Louis. And uh, so I've got in the studio today uh, one of the uh, what, what is your title at Covenant Seminary? Yeah, uh, Director of Development. <laughs> Director, Director of Development. I don't know who I direct, but I direct myself. So. Uh, we got Travis Stewart here who directs the, all kinds of development. <laughs> Thanks for being here today, Travis. Yeah, it's good to be with you, Stu. Yeah. Uh, now, you, you were in Lincoln a long time ago and then went away and you've done other things, and but now you're back at the seminary. Yep. How yep. long have you been working at Covenant? Uh, s- since May of 20. So not that anything interesting was happening. Around that time, but it's it's an interesting start time to start a new job. So, so yeah, I, I've been at Covenant since May of twenty. This is not my first time on the airwaves of Lincoln, Nebraska. Though. Really? So yeah, no, I I don't think I told you this. No. When I was a student at Nebraska uh-huh. uh, from eighty seven to ninety one, mm-hmm. I think it was the fall of nineteen eighty eight into mm-hmm. the spring of eighty nine. I I was a broadcasting major. What? Yeah, and I ran on Sunday afternoon solid rock. Nice. Christian radio show on the <laughs> university station. <laughs> and I was, you know, I was queuing up the songs on the cassette tapes uh-huh. with my, my finger, you know, nice. queuing up the next song, playing some Amy Grant and Michael <laughs> W. Smith. And nice. So, so yeah, that was, that was a, a short-lived broadcasting career. Is that career. KRNU? KRNU. That's right. We're not going to advertise for the bad guys, but they are students. <laughs> they are and, students. And by the way, and they're also students that oftentimes KLN hires. That's right. That's so. right. So that was my... Uh, my early broadcasting career, so that it's good is. to be back on the air. And well, like you a, told me that one of your friends said that you had a name for radio. Well, that's what. Well, no, a broadcaster told me that. Oh, yeah. yeah. He said Travis Stewart. That's a good radio name. I think because <laughs> like my name, Stewart Travis. Travis Stewart's all. Yeah, it's all flexible. So, that's right. It's yeah. two first names. That's <laughs> or right. two last names. Or two last names. One or the other. Yeah. yeah. They're uh, yes, and and half of my name. So <laughs> if I were, right. if my last name were Travis, we'd be like yeah, we'd be confused. I think is what we'd be. We'd be very confused. <laughs> be very confused. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about your work at the at the seminary, and, and there's some kind of big things happening in the in the seminary world, and we want to get to all of that. But first, I always want to just get to know the guest a little bit and just tell folks where you're from. Yeah, yeah. So I I'm a military kid, mm. Air Force kid. So my parents grew up in Auburn. Southeast, just uh, a little bit south of Nebraska City. So they both mm. grew up there. Both went to the university here in Lincoln. Mm. Um, and then my dad joined the Air Force. I lived for a short time in Omaha. Mm. Um, went to Springfield Elementary School in Omaha. And mm. uh, that was in the, the late 70s. And then we ended up moving around. Lived in Germany, San Antonio, Oklahoma City. Those were mm. the, the main places we lived. Um, graduated high school in Oklahoma and then came to Lincoln to watch football. 
go to school. Mm. So in the glory days, right? So, uh, so all that time abroad, and yet the Huskers still are your the Huskers are my team. <laughs> I say that with some, <laughs> with all the the highs and lows that go along with that. Yes. So yeah, we um one of the one of the benefits of being in the military was, was you could keep state residency mm. in a particular state. Uh-huh. So even as we moved, so I was able to come to school with in-state tuition. Um, that Ooh. was a real blessing. Um, and so I had grown up, you know, knowing my parents had gone here, and so mm-hmm. wanted to come. And so that, yeah, I came in 1987. Oh, that's awesome. There uh, now San Antonio. That is like a huge military town. Right? Yeah, there's a, quite a few bases there. I think Army, Air Force, um, and so we lived there three years um, in my mm. middle school years. Mm. Um, and uh, and what years were Germany? Germany was seventy eight to eighty one. So late elementary or yeah, I was like nine, ten, eleven years old, mm-hmm. old enough to remember. I remember, mm. you know, going to Paris and seeing the Sistine Chapel in Italy and wow. had great experiences. Yeah, thought, so. that's, that's got, as a kid, I mean, could you really fully appreciate what you were experiencing there? Cause, it, cause a lot of us are never going to do those things. I, I think fortunately, I think I did. Yeah. I, I don't know that that's normal, but I think, yeah. I, I think I fell in love with art because I saw, you know, the Mona Lisa and the David and mm. all these incredible works of art. And I, so I began to fall in love with art I think I did have enough of appreciation. I'm sure there's some things I just missed because I was reading comics in the back of the car, you know. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I, it really – I have a real fondness for my time there. Mm. And then so you come back and you do your undergrad here uh, yep. at UNL. Yeah, started in advertising. I'm sorry, started in broadcasting, did that for a short time, yeah. and then ended up switching to advertising and graduated in 99 with a, a degree in advertising. Ah, Wow. So, so then, it does apply some to what I'm doing today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For the seminary. In well, a, but in at a, some point, way. then you went to seminary. And uh, when did yeah. that happen? So we, so in college, you know, I got involved in some campus ministries. Okay, let's back up and talk yeah. about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, um, I grew up going to church. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of depended on where we lived as to how active or or engaged we were with the church. Mm-hmm. Um my parents both grew up going to church, but I don't think it was real personal or meaningful. That it, that really, it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, I think they were kind of trying to figure that out. Plus, it's hard when you're moving, yeah. you know, to find a good church, and, we, and then you move three years later and you yeah. start over. But we were living in San Antonio, and uh, uh, my mom. I, I need to ask her more about this, but in my memory, she was going to a neighborhood Bible study. Mm. And uh, a very simple story in a lot of ways. She came home one day from Bible study, and she said, did, did you know to, to go to heaven you need to ask Jesus in your heart? <laughs> I, I'm not sure of all the theological implications yeah. of, of that, but I was like, uh-huh. huh, okay. And um, <laughs> I remember I think that night or shortly after – uh, I had this, I still have this Bible. It's a King James with a zipper on it. I had one of you those. You have one of those? Oh, yeah. Yeah, with a zipper on it. I still have yeah. it. I think it was my dad's Bible. And and I decided to start reading. So I opened up to Genesis. Mm. And I remember um, just being struck by the bigness of God, mm. his ability to create. Mm. So with that impression of, of what I was reading and then the conversation with my mom, I I decided, gosh, you know, um, sounds like I need to have engage God in a personal conversation. Mm. 
And so I, I don't remember exactly what I prayed, but something like, I want you in my life. I want you in my heart. I, I don't think I understood what that meant exactly. <laughs> yeah. But there was an expression of faith mm-hmm. there. And um, I had at that point, I've never experienced anything like this, but I did have sort of a physical, maybe in language today, we might, I might say theologically, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But, but mm. there was a physical sensation of sort mm. of, wow, something just happened. Mm. And that stuck with me. So it wasn't until years later we moved again, moved to Oklahoma, and I, I was playing soccer, met some kids who were involved with their Baptist youth group. Mm. Um, and I was sort of drawn to them. Mm. And so over time became more and more involved. So by the time I got to Nebraska, I wanted to be involved in a campus ministry. You know, mm. of some sort. So I went to FCA, I went to Campus Crusade at the time, um, you know, and eventually met some with the Navigators. So that's how I, that's how I came to faith and began to grow and was influenced by a lot of really, you know, deeply impacted by people who have shaped my life. I'm very thankful. There, were there any relationships that you met through Navigators that have continued on through the years? Yep. Yeah, I mean, probably the one that's most relevant to Lincoln is Bob Walls. So Bob's still here doing I, I his would work. imagine some of the people listening might not, might know Bob. He's, he's sort of a legend now. In yeah. Lincoln. You know, he's influenced and discipled and helped a lot of people. So Bob was a uh, he was older than me and a, and a staff person, and mm. I had just come on staff, and he he mentored me, and um, mm-hmm. so Bob's a friend. And, and uh, you know, yeah. that reminds me, I need to have Bob on this program sometime. You should. Bob would be great to have. Him, he's but. he's one of the few. You think about it, people who've done ministry in Lincoln. And I've done a, I've been here a pretty long time, but yeah. he's been here a lot longer than me. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that needs to be celebrated, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Bob, Bob has just been faithful over the years, I think, of yeah. investing in people's lives. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to take our first break. When we come back here, we'll pick up the story a little bit. And then, uh, because we, one of the things we have in common, well, obviously our love for all things Huskers, which Joby is, Red. you know, the way, uh, way it should be, but, uh, but also our connection to Covenant Seminary and, uh, We'll pick that up here in just a moment. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday, talking to Travis Stewart. He works at Covenant Theological Seminary, our alma mater in St. Louis. And uh, we'll be right back uh, after this break. You're listening to The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurtz on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Travis Stewart here. Uh, he works at Covenant Seminary. We're going to dig into that in just a minute here. 
When you, uh, you were talking about your d days then in college, you got involved in navigators, yep. and then uh, did you, were you involved in leadership then eventually? Yeah, as a student, and then I came on staff. So yeah. met yeah. my wife. My wife uh, was a gymnast. She walked on at Nebraska, did a year mm. um, at Nebraska as a gymnast. We met after she graduated my senior year um, at Berean Church. We ended up getting married at Berean. Ah. Um, but yeah, so I was on staff, and then we moved to Lawrence, Kansas. Okay. Uh, and helped lead the ministry there. Mm -hmm. um, and this is sort of how we end up at Covenant is um, you know, we experienced some tragedy. Um, mm -hmm. we, my wife was pregnant, and at 37 weeks, uh, long story short, um, had to have an emergency C-section. We lost a child mm -hmm. at birth. Mm -hmm. And actually, Bob and Sandy Walls had experienced a similar thing, and so mm -hmm. they really encouraged and helped us and loved us through that. But... Mm -hmm. um, so that eventually led to us getting some counseling, and I was so deeply impacted and realized, wow, ministry is more than just Bible study. It's entering into the lives of people at a, in the midst of suffering and heartache, mm. and, and then not only that, but like transformative conversations. Mm. So we can look at the Bible, but if we don't at some point go, okay, how does this relate to my relationships Mm -hmm. How I'm doing life, how I'm loving my wife, how I'm loving my kids, how I'm working with colleagues. If it doesn't translate, like it's not really transformative and it's not, you yeah. know, helping us. So I wanted to get more training. So we ended up looking around, visited some different schools, had friends who went to Covenant Seminary. I was intrigued by the idea of getting counseling training and theological training combined. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we ended up at Covenant Seminary in 1999. And then which degree did you end up with? So I, I went there, I, I started the, or I did the counseling degree. Mm -hmm. At that time, it was a two-year degree. Mm. Now it's three uh, increased requirements for state licensure, things like that. Mm. Um, but I did that in two years. But I was enjoying the classes so much, I decided to stick around. And I ended up completing a Master of Theological Studies as mm. well. So I didn't have to, I got out of the, some of the languages that you took. <laughs> so, um, because I didn't do the Master's of Divinity. So, yes. um, but that's, those are the two degrees I ended yes. up with. Uh, the day we finished Hebrew uh, with my study partners, we looked at each other and they said, you realize that at this moment in our life, this is our, will be the peak of our knowledge of Hebrew. That's <laughs> just, just downhill from, from, here. from here on out. It's all downhill. <laughs> Except and, for those guys that go on to be professors. I think that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I can yeah. say for those gathered around the table, that was a true statement. Yes. <laughs> I, I will never know Hebrew as much as I knew it at that moment in time. What year and did you graduate? That was, um, uh, I actually finished the program in 91. Okay, 91. And, yeah. but, I, but I did a, a few electives on the road here in Lincoln, so yeah. I left St. Louis in 90. Uh, but, uh, but it was also, by the way, one of the things we'll talk about here in just a minute is uh, it was also a cusp. I was on the cusp of a lot of change at the seminary, some, some yeah. fantastic changes that yes. took place. And, uh, and it's really, when you went there, it was a, it's a different place than when I went there, or it was becoming a different becoming place. A I think that's a good way to say it. Yeah. Now, we talk about, we're using the word seminary a lot, and, and I think probably people have heard that term, but they never really have thought deeply about, well, what, what is a seminary? And, uh, and how many different kinds of seminaries are there? <laughs> <laughs> right. I was hoping you could tell me that. The root word of seminary. I don't know what it is. I, I, don't, I don't know. But a seminary is a place, generally speaking, where people are trained for ministry. Mm -hmm. So in a, in a strict sense, pastors. Pastors yep. get trained at seminaries. It's a graduate school. So it's post-college, generally, yep. a graduate school. And so we train pastors, but we also train counselors so that we have a counseling mm -hmm. program. And you also, we also train a more general term, ministry leaders. So maybe somebody mm -hmm. who's not 
a pastor, maybe not ordained, but they're doing work in a church setting or maybe a mm-hmm. missions agency or something like that. So seminaries are graduate schools for people who want to do ministry. Yeah, yeah. Now, when I was there, they did not have the counseling program. We took just a couple of counseling classes, pastoral counseling classes as yep. part of the thing, but then that was beginning as I was finishing yep. uh, with right. a guy named Richard Winter. Yeah, Richard came, I think, in 94. So a little bit after me. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. Yep. Well, actually, quite a yeah, a little bit after me. Yeah. Uh, so what... Uh, Obviously, that's a program that has just exploded. Yes. And just tell us a little bit about how that got started and, and why it has exploded. Yeah, I think, well, two, yeah, two quick things. I think the reason I got started, so we, we had hired someone named Jerem Bars. Mm. Jerem trained under someone named Francis Schaeffer, who some of the listeners may know, was an influential theologian pastor in the yeah. 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerem was trained under Francis Schaeffer, and that's in England. Mm. And... Um, the seminary started thinking about training counselors because a lot of people may not go talk to their pastor or they may not belong mm-hmm. to a church, but mm-hmm. they still want to get help. And yeah. so the seminary was thinking about how, how can we help these people who may be mm-hmm. uh, you know, hesitant to come into a church. And mm-hmm. so the counseling program – so Jerem recruited his friend Richard from England. So Richard's mm-hmm. from England. Um, okay. And so he came over in 94 and began – he was a, a psychiatrist by trade. Okay. So he got a medical degree, worked in a London-based hospital – but also had some pastoral training. He worked as a pastor as well in England. Mm. So they brought him to help begin the program. And then along with a gentleman named Dan Zink, they were kind of the two guys who led it for, for many years. Dan is still around doing a little bit of teaching. Richard is retired. We've got some, mm. some new young bloods in there leading the yeah. program. Well, and a three-year program now. Um, a lot of, so a lot of these people then too, they might, they might graduate and work in a church setting, but they might just graduate and start yeah, working in private practice. Right? Yeah, we have a, we have a, there's a number of Covenant alumni here in town that mm-hmm. do counseling, a mm-hmm. licensed professional counselor. So you can get a, a KCREP accredited degree, which is a mouthful of basically saying that helps you get licensed by the state as a mm-hmm. professional counselor. There's a licensing process, and so yeah. if you go to Covenant, you can get that. It helps you get licensed in states around the country. Yeah, um, yeah. and so yeah, that's you know the. Um, the heartbeat of that program is to train people to do counseling, to help people through a biblical framework. Although many people, you know, people from all stripes, faith backgrounds will come and see counselors. Mm. I think it's grown because of an increasing mental health crisis yeah. that yeah. we're seeing, especially over the last four years since COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, uh, you know, declining numbers in the church. So fewer people are going to church, so they don't go to their pastors for help, but they might... Mm. Google local counselor. Yeah, yeah. When you know the if you're a, if you're a pastor, you do counseling. I mean, that's just yeah. the way it is. People, and a lot of times we're kind of a first step. And I always, I always kind of it's kind of half a joke, but not really. It's kind of the truth. I said, you know, when you come to me as a pastoral counselor, you know, I've got a, I got a hammer, I got a screwdriver, and I got a monkey wrench. You know, and if if those tools work, then then great. And and but after. After maybe two or three times meeting with somebody, I've, I've used all my tools and I'm kind of out and I yeah. have a lot of ideas. And I always say that when you go to what's what is a licensed therapist or a Christian counselor? What do they, they you know those shops where they have the big red shiny toolkit <laughs> and it's and everything they got row after row of tools and they slide them out. And they know exactly what they need and they're just. That's what the the trained therapist is. Yeah. Is that a decent word picture? I think that is a good word picture. I think the other thing, too, is that um, pastors generally are gen- – they're generalists. They have to know how to lead. They have to preach. They have to teach. They have to run meetings. They have to mm-hmm. do all these things, yeah. whereas 
you know, counselors generally are they're real specialists. Yes. Right. And so, for example, I spent about 17 years in the world of eating disorders. Mm. So counseling and then I worked as leadership in some of the organizations. But so specifically anorexia, bulimia. So, mm. you know, I mean, I knew that was my specialty. Right. Wow. So it, to take your car metaphor, <laughs> like I was a transmission specialist, you know, yes. like I, so a professional counselor can really zero mm. in on if you're dealing with the anxiety or depression or an addiction or something like that. So they're more specialized than a pastor would be. Yes, yes. And by the way, that's even when you look on websites of different counseling groups, uh, they'll say with each, you know, person on staff, hey, they specialize in blank, 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 all the different things that they're kind of have some expertise in. And uh, and that is uh, tremendously valuable. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So the how many uh, how many counselors is the program roughly cranking out then? About 30 a year. Wow. Uh, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little bit less. Yeah. And we have some limits because of um, we want to have a good student to professor ratio. Mm-hmm. And, and with counseling, you know, we really want to get to know them mm-hmm. and work through kind of their relational style. We don't want someone to graduate who's not good with people. <laughs> <laughs> Is so that a problem? It could be a problem. <laughs> so, yeah, so about 30 a year. That's yeah. cool. Uh, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the different programs that uh, Covenant offers. And, uh, and also, something that's really near and dear to my heart, um, I, I hate to beat this drum too much, but I don't think we can beat it too much. There is a, there is a pastoral shortage. And uh, this is uh, one of the, you know, a lot of seminaries do different things, but Covenant Seminary from its beginnings was designed, again, to train pastors for, for local congregations. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, my understanding is that's still kind of the heart of the mission. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Yeah, well, let's take a... We'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Talking to Travis Stewart here today, and glad you're along. It's a friendly fire morning here on uh, 1499.3 KLIN. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns. 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling right along on a Saturday morning. Talking with Travis Stewart here from Covenant Seminary. And uh, he was talking about their, uh, you've gone through and uh, their uh, counseling program and, and been a clinician, but uh, there are, there are other programs. Uh, and I guess most, I went through just the Master of Divinity program, kind right. of the classic program that pastors go through. Uh, what are just a couple of the other specialized things that Covenant does for, for people in ministry? Yeah. So, so you've named our two biggest, mm-hmm. the largest graduate numbers we have are the Masters of Divinity and the Masters of Arts in Counseling. Yep. We also have, a, uh, the, the probably the third one is a Master of Arts in Biblical and Theological Studies. So 
how that's different than the Masters of Divinity is um, more theological focus and less tr- pastoral training. So, gotcha. you know, yep. some of the pastoral training covers more of like how to run it, how to be an effective pastor yeah, as yeah. opposed to this. But either of those could then be used in ministry. Gotcha. And then we have graduate certificates. If you want, if you have an interest in, you want to get a specialty in uh, cultural apologetics, how to understand and engage with culture from a Christian perspective, you could get a graduate certificate. Like, and that's mm. like four classes. Mm. Um, so you can do those kind of things. We have some other degrees in there as well, but graduate certificates. And then also um, we have a lot of online free classes. We have thousands of hours online wow. free. So you can listen to the same classes that our students are taking. Mm. You can get a recording if you're interested in a specific topic. You go to our website or download the app. And mm-hmm. you can, if you want, you know, I want to study the book of Luke. Mm-hmm. You know, y- you can get world-class education. You just don't have to take, take any tests. <laughs> you don't have to write any papers, you know. Is, so. is there tuition? No tuition. Those are free. Those that are free. free. There that's, is tuition if you want a degree. Yes, yes. <laughs> but the app is free. But that's, I mean, that's amazing. It really is. That, I mean, that was unheard of when, yeah. in my day. When yeah. you, you either went and took the class and took the tests and paid the tuition or you didn't. And you had those stone tablets back then, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true. I, and, I, and I walked uphill both ways right. <laughs> to, uh, to, to get to those classes. That was, well, but the other thing that's changed about the seminary, uh, again, it was fairly small when I was there. And now I don't know how it compares to other seminaries, but it's much larger than it was when I was there. Yeah. Um, I, w- you know, the number that generally when I talk to our enrollment folks, mm-hmm. we have about 600 students enrolled at a time. Now, maybe 300 of them are local. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. they're not all on class at the, on campus at the same time as stuff. The other yeah. 300 are online. So we have a great, mm-hmm. robust online program that you can you can get to get almost any degree with mm-hmm. the exception of our counseling degree. You could do it right here from Lincoln. Yeah. And, in fact, we have some online students that are here in Lincoln. Um, one of them is at my church. One of them is at your church. Yeah. So you can get those degrees online. But about it's about 300 and 300 um, at a time. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's <laughs> – I mean, compared to my day, that's at least three times as many students, yeah, yeah. and probably more than that, I would think. Uh, it was, but there was a tremendous transition, and part of that transition, again, I'm going to give credit. Uh, I mean, I think there was a man named Paul Koistra who uh, was uh, very transformative in the life of the seminary, and then Jerem Bars that you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Jerem, by the way, in my family, WWJD. Some of you Christians out there know that that's the you know what would Jesus do thing, but in my family, that was. What would Jerem do? That's right. <laughs> Jerem had a tremendous influence on the seminary. He's retired, yeah. um, but it's still around some. And, yeah. and just, boy, he's really shaped a lot of lives. Yes. Just the gentleness and kindness and wisdom and, uh, and insight. Uh, and so every time he has written a book, you know, as a pastor, it's like we're going to do a Sunday school class mm, on that. Yeah. We're going to teach his book. Right. And, uh, and every time, it's, 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 uh, he's just a, he's a wonderful person, wonderful teacher. Yeah, he's he really has it. It was we were sad and also glad for him to retire and get yeah. get some deserved rest. Yeah, yeah. Now the thing that has been kind of concerning to me and to a lot of people is, again, and it's mostly related to the last three or four years. There's been a a, a steep drop off. Uh, pastors resigning, pastors retiring, people uh, getting out of ministry. And that is the mission of Covenant Seminary is to yep. train and prepare pastors. Right. Well, how would you characterize the current – If is it a crisis? Is, or how, how would you characterize this I mean, situation? I think, that, I think that's fair. You probably read some of the same articles I did in the last few years about pastors leaving mm-hmm. ministry through exhaustion, mental health, 
or just conflict, you know, the, the conflict that our countries experienced that mm-hmm. showed up in the church. And so they, they were getting hit from all sides. Yeah. They couldn't do anything right, you know, and so they were tired. I think another factor is, you know, in a, in a country that increasingly there's fewer people going to church, well, that means there's fewer people thinking about going into ministry because they're not mm-hmm. growing up in that. And so, um, you know, we, there are challenges for seminaries across the country of declining enrollment. We've seen that. Um, some significant seminaries have had to lay off faculty. We've been fortunate we've not had to do that. Mm-hmm. But we've had a very strategic plan to recruit more students. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are being very intentional about doing that through going out to campus ministries, to going to colleges, to going to churches. Mm-hmm. And then even our president, Tom Gibbs, Dr. Gibbs has been, as he's been out, he's been telling churches, you know, begin to talk to your middle schoolers Yes, to think about if you see a middle schooler yeah. who seems maybe gifted for ministry, yeah. like begin to plant seeds for them. We're, we're not going to tell them what to do. God yeah. will lead, but yeah. begin to foster that. So that's some of how we're trying to address it, but it's a, it's a very real yeah. thing. You know, that, by the way, that, that idea, I, I want to challenge the listeners this way. There's, uh, if you go to church, if you're a church going person, I'll, I'll bet you that there is some young person in that congregation who you think they, they have a, a, a spirit, a temperament that might be suited for ministry. And, uh, and if you tell them from your position, hey, think about ministry someday. Think about being a pastor someday. It will stick with them. Yes, it will. And they'll, they'll remember that. And uh, so that's a role that even if, you know, again, you're, you're past ministry, you're not going to go to seminary. But if, if you're just paying attention to the people around you, there was, I don't know about you, Travis, but there, was, there were people in my life who said that to me, and it stuck with me. Yeah. And in fact, it stuck with me so much that in college, um, I was kind of feeling that pressure, and, uh, and I just prayed a prayer. I said, Lord, I don't want to go to seminary, so if you want me to go to seminary, you're going to have to make me want to go, because I don't want to go, and then that's <laughs> it. I prayed, I was done, it was over, and I thought it was over. <laughs> and then about four years later, he answered the prayer. And, uh, and a guy named Hugh Barlett said, have you ever thought of going, about going to seminary? And, and, I, and I remembered that I didn't want to go. And then I all of a sudden thought, you know, I kind of do want to go. Yeah. And uh, so. Well, well Hugh, Hugh is a, a, a charming gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. So he's, he's persuasive. So. He is. Was there anybody in your life who just said, hey, you, you ought to be a counselor. You ought to be. Uh, uh, you know, I think. Um, I, I think indirectly. I don't remember a clear like, hey, you you need to think about this. But it was more yeah. like when I was in those settings, I felt uh, energized by them, mm. you know, and I felt like um, drawn to shape people. And I think I was so grateful. Like, as I mentioned, the counselor who counseled us, I was just so moved by that. Like, gosh, I want to do – I want to impact people in this way. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. There, well, the so whatever you want to call it, a crisis or things. I mean, I I, I know that in rural settings, you know, there you, you can't find people to to uh, to fill pulpits. That's right, as we say in the business. And uh, and so there there are pastors working two or three churches. There are all kinds of things like that going on. Um, it, to, to the best of your knowledge, I mean, we kind of know more about uh, you know our denomination and and, and our, our our cities maybe, but. Um, but it, I assume that from everything you've learned, it's a it's a nationwide trend. Yeah, I think so. I you know I don't interact with a lot of other denominations, but as I'm out visiting churches in our denomination in the PCA, I often hear people saying, "Hey, we're looking for a pastor. We're yeah. looking for a pastor," and and uh, you know there aren't enough right now, so we're mm-hmm. doing our best to train them and send them out. <laughs> and you know? send them so, out. <laughs> and and they uh, 
Yeah. So, I mean, uh, hey, look at it this way. The opportunities are there. Opportunities are there. That's but, right. But if, but you're going to need some training. Yeah. And uh, now, uh, some, some pastors don't get seminary training, and they, they're ordained in their traditions, and mm-hmm. that's fine. What, what is the benefit of a seminary training what yeah. you, uh, from your perspective? I think, um, you know, I had good training in, in campus ministry. So mm-hmm. I felt like, boy, I understand the Bible. I know the Bible and things like that. But I remember sitting in the first class with Dan Doriani. Mm. <laughs> um, Dan's one of the best teachers I've ever been around. Yeah. And I remember the first class, he, he was going over something that I was familiar with, but he was unpacking it in ways I was like blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize all this was here. So I think one of the benefits is sitting under the teaching of someone who has committed mm-hmm. their life to understanding that topic, yeah. right? So you can do great Bible study, and there's benefit in doing that. But when you sit under somebody who's studied the languages and understands mm-hmm. the culture and the history, so there's that. There's just the formation of you as a person. We can maybe talk a little bit more about that um, after the break, but like just you're getting formed personally, yeah. Yeah. right? And you're around people who are intentionally forming you. They want to invest in you. They're committed yeah. to you. And so I think that's a benefit as well. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if they were, when I was there, they were, they always wanted people uh, who are teaching there to have some kind of uh, real uh, pastoral experience. Yeah. And I don't know if that's even possible these days. But. No, well, yeah, no, we're still committed to what we call the pastor scholar model. Mm. So we don't want just scholars. I mean, the people who, some of the professors, they've graduated from Oxford and, mm. you know, Yale. And I mean, they're brilliant, mm-hmm. but they've, They've all had pastoral experience. That's an expectation when they come in. So some of them for shorter amount of times than others. Mm -hmm. Many of them still um, will will kind of double dip, and they're they're Mm -hmm. maybe you know pastoring a local congregation as well. Not a large one generally, but they're or they're helping out in some way. So yeah, Yeah. that's very important to us. That it's practical. I mean, to me, that's just crucial. Yeah, because the uh, we you know we talk about the ivory tower, and and I could tell that the pastors. Uh, that I mean, the professors I had there, the, they were they could tell stories from their experience in real churches with real people. Yeah, and one of my one of my favorite stories from one of our alumni, and I wish I could do a Scottish accent because he's, <laughs> he's from Scotland, but he uh, he he was going to Bible college in Scotland because he wanted to go into ministry, but he yeah. he began to recognize that the education that he was getting there was insufficient. So he asked a local pastor. He says, "I'm thinking about going to some different schools in the states." And where should I go? I'm thinking about these two. And the, and the pastor in this great Scottish accent says, you know, if you want to write books, you should go to such and such seminary. He says, but if you want to shepherd the people of God, you should go to Covenant Seminary. Uh, and that's our commitment is yeah. great theological academic rigor with a personal pastoral touch. Yeah, yeah. All right, take one last break. When we come back, we'll do a little shameless plug, and we will we might even talk some Huskers. All right, go Big Red. All Let's right. do it. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here, talking with Travis Stewart from Covenant Seminary. Glad to have you along on The, on, uh, the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. 
product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back at Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Travis Stewart here. Uh, he's a, de- a director of development at uh, Covenant Seminary. And uh, Travis, it is that time of the program where we always do a shameless plug. So Let's I say plug away. Yeah, well, I think one of the best entry points for people is our app. On our, You can download an Apple Store or Google Play. Just look for Covenant Seminary. Mm. Like I mentioned, there's hundreds and thousands of hours of classes. So if you just want to learn, that's a great entry point. Wow. Um, if you're interested in taking classes, you can audit, you can do online, you can come in person. We have conferences as well. But our website is covenantseminary.edu. Um, and so that's where you'll find all the information about us. Um, and you could also reach out to Stu Kearns here in Lincoln and say, hey, tell me more about your time at Covenant. And there's my shameless plug back at you. You bet I would. That's <laughs> right. And I know I'm sending my youth pastor is doing his online uh, work there now. And it's really fun to to follow him and to hear him ask for books and write papers and all that kind of stuff. And so he's, he's, having a, he's having a great experience. Yeah, well, we're glad for him. Yeah, how many students then, when I was there, there was not a lot of on-campus housing. Now yeah. there is at least some on-campus yeah, housing. Yeah, I think there's six or seven buildings, okay. so you can, you know, we, we tend to try to reserve those for families with kids, and, yep. but, but it's, you know, it's always a bit of a mix. There's singles on campus, there's married couples. We lived on campus, loved mm. it, great experience. Um, it's great to be able to walk to class and then mm-hmm. go back and help my wife with the kids. We had small kids at the time. And then also the relationships we built with our neighbors was yeah. wonderful. Yeah, that's cool. By the way, did you know that I did work in the admissions office? Oh, uh, yeah. When I was there. As a well, student. that would have been in the white building. That was probably, the white building, right? yes, Which was. no longer exists. Yeah. <laughs> that building was <laughs> a bit of fire hazard at was, the time. It was very stately looking. It, on the outside, it was. Inside, yeah. it was a maze of hallways and <laughs> yes. uh, tiny offices. So. Oh, Yeah. No, I, yes, I, I wandered those hallways many times, and that was uh, those were interesting years. We're trying to grow the thing and meet our quotas and and call. And then actually, a part of what I got to do it was really fun, as it uh, was to take uh, prospective students and professors out to lunch. Oh yeah, I was, I was just the you know, what do you call the person who just makes it happen? The lunch the, guy. I don't the, know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was the professional <laughs> lunch guy, and then, of course we always had to make the the lunch joke every time we went to one place that had a buffet. And then we would, sorry, this is, a, this is a pastor joke, but I, at some point I had to always say, well, you know, we're just uh, obeying Paul's admonition to buffet our bodies. And because Paul <laughs> talks terrible. about buffeting his body <laughs> and it's spelled the same way. So that was, that's what we call a pastor joke. That, yeah. But I'm telling you what. Those are worse than dad jokes. I they think. are worse. <laughs> They're exponentially worse. But I will say this. With professors, they kill. Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. kill. The professors, I, every time they'd forget that joke and remember it and then have a good laugh. So you got, you got to know your audience, yeah, That's right. Got to work it. That's right. So, <laughs> <laughs> buffet your body. That's, uh, you, can, you can use that with uh, old timers like me. Um, uh, with, with about five minutes left, we do have to talk some Huskers. Because yeah. one of the things that you, when you come back here, you 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 got the fever when well, you were here. I, you know, almost I, as bad as I have. I travel a lot for my job. Yeah, and I have learned that in the winter you go south, mm-hmm. you go to Florida, you go to Georgia, 
Texas, and in the summers you go north. And during mm-hmm. football season, you come to Lincoln. So yeah. I have enough control over my schedule that I will try to schedule a trip around a game. Um, but often, actually, the last time, last couple of times I've come, I, I, I didn't do work. I just my son and I came. My son attended UNL for a while, and. And so I think we've made a game almost every year. Hmm. Uh, two years ago, I think he said, Dad, I can't, <laughs> I can't do it this year. There's a girl I got to go see. So Ooh. he went visit a girl, and I came. I think that was the Oklahoma game two years ago. Oh, um, yeah. That was he, said, he said, Dad, I need a break. It's yeah. been a rough, a rough run. That was a good one to skip. <laughs> when you're 23, you didn't live through the 90s. You know? So yeah. he's, he, he, he believes that it happened, but he says, yeah. I've never seen it. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, see, that's a part of my disease. I've seen it twice. Yeah. I, I was I was young, but I remember the 70-71 yep. championship, and then yeah. and then of course the nineties. So I've, I, I hey, when you've gone lived through that period of drought, your your tolerance for patience, you know, is is greatly increased. That's right. Well, I you know I think I think uh, in Romans it says that perseverance you know grows through <laughs> suffering and character and develops yeah. and hope and so we're working on that. Right. We're all working yeah. on that. Although so. I think we've become hopeless. I don't. It's really close. <laughs> There's hope. There's always hope. There is. Always I have hope. not. Yeah, I'm I'm actually very hopeful about uh, the current coaching staff yeah. and. I feel like they've got a good plan. I think they're really good men, and I think mm-hmm. the culture is being laid down. Um, yeah. Would have sure loved to see some wins this year that we didn't get, yeah. but I, I do feel encouraged and hopeful. Yeah. And I mean, it was really cool that really, when you think about it, maybe really one game we were, we were just outmatched yeah. in Michigan. Yeah. And every other game, I think, you know, in the, in the second half, we had a legitimate shot. That's a good way to. Put it. We had a we had a shot. We had a shot. <laughs> we had I mean, a shot. We even, did. Even Colorado, in, in late in the third quarter, yes. it was thirteen to seven or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I'm 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 hopeful. I think Coach Rule's doing a great job. Yeah. I, I like what I hear. Yeah. Um, and so it's we just got to keep working. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. By the way, when when Coach Rule was hired, I mean, I well, his father was a Baptist minister or something. A pre- like that. I don't know what denomination, but yeah, he's yeah. a preacher. And yeah. uh, you can see it in the way he talks. He's you, he's an excellent communicator. You so can't, can't you know, you. so <laughs> and he's so far he you know he's fiery but not out of control. That's right. I think it's I love his mix of sort of honesty and and um, empathy. Yeah, right. that's a good that's a good uh, feature for a pastor, right? Honesty and empathy you. together. I'll so. tell you what, the honesty is harder than the empathy. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's you know because you because you want to be kind to people and then there's the time where you just have to say things that are true. That's right, and I think many people who go into ministry tend to lean towards people pleasing. Mm. You know, they struggle with that, yeah. and so that's something they have to overcome yeah. while still maintaining empathy. Yeah. Right. So yeah. sorry, How, I shifted into counselor mode. There well, that's, that's that's what exactly what I wanted <laughs> for these last two minutes because there uh, how. Uh, once you've been trained as a counselor, I mean, that's, that's a hat you can't really take off very easily. That's right. How does that show itself up in, in your work at the seminary now or life in your family? Or yeah, That's a good question. I think um, I still do see a few clients on the side. Mm-hmm. So that's – I tend to – I don't think I relate very much like a counselor when I'm with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I do think if I'm in a challenging situation or I'm – I'm feeling anxious or I do think I have some resources that I can turn to mm-hmm. internally because I've developed them professionally. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and so I think that's where it shows up the most. Mm. My kids might sometimes say, Hey dad, you're counseling me. I, you know, I could debate yeah. with them on that, but, yeah. but I think mostly it's, it helps me when I'm dealing with anxiety. It's like, okay, how do I get through this? Mm-hmm. How do, what, what would I say to a client? 
kind of thing. Uh, and so that, you know, is one of the ways I apply it. I, I don't think I use it a lot in – I'm not analyzing you while we're talking. <laughs> sure so, you aren't. <laughs> we'll charge for that. If we were, I would be charging you something. That's true. For, <laughs> and, 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 the, uh, and, and the rates I can't afford. No, you can't afford me. No, so. you can't afford that at all. Uh, well, if, if uh, the, the folks have a chance to visit the website or get the app, Again, how many how many universities just say, "Hey, here's free stuff." Here's free stuff for you. And That's right, and it's in, incredible. It's great stuff. It um, really is, and a wide variety of topics. Yeah, CovenantSeminary.edu. Yep. And so that's uh, thanks so much for taking the time to be in here today. Oh, this I should really appreciate it. Uh, as as you head back, any uh, twenty seconds? What are you doing for Christmas? Uh, well, we're expecting a grandchild. Ooh. Yes. So our first grandchild's on the way. So we're very excited about that. So that's kind of overshadowing everything right now is the anticipation. That'll be the best Christmas ever. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Travis, so much for taking the time to be in here. Thanks, Stu. Great to be with you. That's Travis Stewart from Covenant Seminary. And I leave you saying, as I always do, to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next week.